Welcome to Loved by the King podcast. This season of Created that we have been in has been very rich. We started with Genesis in the fall of man. How sin entered the world and how the enemy wants us to feel condemned. But God made a way for us to be healed and free through Jesus Christ. Today we are going to look at what it means to be a child of God. That no matter what the enemy has tried to make us believe, God has created us to know him as perfect father, be obedient to his call, and have joy in his redemptive purposes in our lives. I'm so excited for you to meet our guest today on this episode, and I know you will be encouraged. Welcome to episode four. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. John 1, 12 through 13. To all who did receive Jesus and believe in his name, they have the right to become children of God. Amen. Well, we are going to talk about that today with our special guest, Bev Canaris. Bev is not only an incredible Bible teacher, woman of God, and a friend to me, she is an incredible mentor to so many people. I actually call her my spiritual mother, but I know I'm not the only one who calls her that because <laughs> she has so many people in her life that she does that for. But I am just so excited for you to meet Bev today. It is an honor and a pure joy to have her with us on Loved by the King. Welcome, Bev. Thank you so much, Reagan. It's a privilege to be here. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's so fun to have you here. Yeah, one of my girls. Yeah, well, you got a lot of girls, but yeah. I am very blessed that yeah. I get to be one of them. I've known you for almost 17 years. Yes. That's yes. a really long time. And I met you at Bible Study Fellowship. Yep, a lot of history here. Yes, yes. And uh, you have an incredible family. You're married to Paul yes. for how many years? 47 years only. Only 47. Yeah, I hope we get get there to the big five oh. Yeah, me too. Me too, for sure. You will. And you have three kids and how many grandchildren? Three kids. They're all three married, grown, of course, and ten grandchildren. Ten grandchildren. You got that. Oh man, you ten. are blessed. Oh, it's it's a blast. Just a blast. Love each one of them. You know, I kind of ignore my own kids now, and I just go after the grandkids. <laughs> I, I know hate you to talk admit about to that. that. Yeah, you talk about them a lot. It's such a blessing. It such is. a blessing. Um, and you are a former Bible study teacher of thirty years at Bible. Can you tell us a little bit about what Bible Study Fellowship is? Bible Study Fellowship is a non-denominational Bible study, and it has a series of I think there's nine or ten years now uh, where we go into different books or a series of books in the Bible, New Testament, Old Testament, switch back and forth. And so really, I've taught most of the Bible, maybe just a few of those books I haven't, and most of them I've done maybe four or five times wow. over the 30 years. So it is uh, uh, transformative for so many people, men, they have men's classes, women's classes, uh, young adult classes. It's a real special mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I did it for 15 years. Yes, you did. But you were a huge part of my faith walk, you know, going through BSF and, and learning the Bible. It's the first time I really read the Bible. So yeah. it was a huge blessing. And now you are a co-host of the podcast, She is Becoming. 
That's super True. exciting. It is. It's it's a multi generational podcast mm-hmm. where I have a twenty three year old partner, and so you know we see things somewhat differently, but yeah. yet we agree on you know the reliability of God's word, our love for God's word, and we get to discuss some really fun topics together. I love that she is becoming in that generational gap. I'm sure it's yes. super fun. It is to listen to. It is and see what God does through that. Yeah, she told me like months ago what the cancel culture was. I said, what? <laughs> and she's given me some other little slang. <laughs> I got to listen to that. I, I know yeah. I'll learn something. <laughs> and you're also a regular guest on Faith Radio. I am on the Bill Arnold Show. Okay, mm-hmm. nice. And yeah. and like I said before, a mentor to, I don't know, probably thousands of women's, women and you know young women over your li- lifetime. So thank you for doing that. I know it's, yeah. a, it's a lot uh, to... to put that love and intention into them. But so many women, including myself, have we would not um, have just we just wouldn't be the women that we are without people like you doing that. So well, I really appreciate I, that. I love speaking into younger women's lives. That's one of my calls on my life from the Lord. Amen. I love mm-hmm. that. And Bev, I love your story because with everything you have gone through, you have seen Jesus as your redeeming Savior um, and God as your true father for so many years without doubting his goodness. Some of the things that we're going to hear about that you've been through, you could have run from him, but you didn't. You ran to him and you let you heard his call. I feel like you, you heard a still small voice and you're like, I'm tr- going to try to be obedient even through the hard times. And um, you did the hard work to reconcile trusting God through it while you still did ministry, while you still had young kids. Um, and you really, I feel like, believed who God says you were, a child of God. Mm. It's a good summary of of my story. I always thought I had this big, boring uh, testimony, but as the years have gone by, it's just gotten juicier and juicier. (laughs) So kind of glad to be able to share it today. Some of this I didn't even share over my 30 years of teaching. So um, new things have happened since then. And so I'm I'm really happy to to share it. Um, Not always easy to talk about yourself, but I want to share it because it's all about Him. And it's not about me running after God. It's about God running after me. He found me. He saved me. He has uh, been the sure rock in my life when I had none. Amen. Amen. So, Bev, tell us how you grew up. Well, I grew up in a family of six. I had three brothers, and I was the only girl. I was third in line. My parents... um, struggled. I think they both grew up in homes that they struggled. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my mother lost her mother at 14 and um my dad grew up in a kind of a dysfunctional home as well with an alcoholic father. So, they kind of came into parenting a little crippled mm-hmm. and um I think they struggled to know how to raise children and so a lot of it was conditional love. And I always felt like I'm just going to try to grow up here and slip out. Mm. And I did. Two days after I graduated from high school, I slipped out. Wow. Moved to the the big city, Minneapolis. Wow. So you kind of always knew that. Knew what? That I'm just going to slip out. Like you just kind of had the plan. I did. I always wanted to escape. You knew there was something more. Yeah. And, you know, because of the hard things I suffered at that time, too, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it it made my leaving all the, I was more, all the more eager to leave, really. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And what kind of hard things did you suffer as a child? Well, besides that, not feeling that really unconditional love, um, there was a lot of strife in our family, a lot of yelling, swearing. And I I always just cringed and wanted to just kind of crawl away on my belly. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, one of my brothers sexually molested Mm -hmm. me multiple times. Mm -hmm. And that was really a very, very painful thing. I did tell my parents, but they really never took the steps they should have to protect me. Um, I couldn't wait to, for him to go to college, mm-hmm. leave me alone. Um, and so that did influence me. I think I felt shame, of course, and um, like it was a secret, mm-hmm. and family secret, you know, a lot of those in our family, a lot. And so I... Um, you know, I didn't even have a lock on my door. I should have had a lock. You know what yeah. I would do at night, Reagan? What? I'd set up booby traps. Oh. So I would hear if he ever came in. Yeah. And I mean, that's not the way to grow up. No. Always in fear and anxiety like that. So um, that really uh, injured my soul and my being uh, quite a bit. I can't imagine. Yeah. And I am so sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. But God's used it. Absolutely. And did you know God growing up at all? I I was attracted to him. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in kindergarten, they were building a church across the street from our elementary school, and I just felt drawn to that. Mm-hmm. And so my girlfriend said, that's my church. So I asked, I asked her, can I come too? Mm-hmm. And I actually went to that church on a re- pretty regular basis. My parents were not going there. They, wow. they were very sporadic churchgoers when we were growing up. and But they started going there because I was. Praise and God. Um, I was baptized. It was a cute little you know, Baptist church. And um, I had a real thirst for God. And I had uh, some scripture memory through that church. I had uh, some mentoring through the pastor would take us through this class to be baptized. But then those teen years hit. Mm-hmm. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. And I really walked away. Mm. And um, I really felt lost. Yeah. I really did. But yeah. I don't think I really made a solid commitment at that point. Right, right. Yeah. And, and how did you, and maybe you didn't, at that young age, like, you, you know, you're kind of seeking God, you're going through this abuse and you know, feeling like you want a way out. Um, how did you deal with the pain and the, just the guilt and confusion as a child, like not, you know, not having Jesus like totally in your life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I just stuffed it. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. a, a young child doesn't know how to process any of right. that. I should have had counseling. Mm-hmm. He should have had counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, but we both did later in life. And um, so I stuffed it. I um, I think it could have been part of the reason that I kind of left the Lord too. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, all of that was and and my my desire to flee. Yeah, I I just I you know I got on a bus for heaven's sakes and one suitcase and a hundred bucks and came to wow. the Twin Cities. I was it was almost running away, yeah. but yet you know my dad dropped me off at the uh, bus station. And that's when you were nineteen. 17. 17. 17. Wow. Okay, so you're 17. You land in Minneapolis. Then mm-hmm. what happens? I lived in a girl's dormitory downtown okay. and got a couple of jobs, went to Minnesota School of Business um, for nine months for 
fashion merchandising. Ooh, well, of you course. are very fashionable. Oh, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> my Jenny's she is. No, you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's my background. That what's what qualified me to to teach the Bible for thirty years. <laughs> I laugh about it now, but honestly, that was a source of great insecurity. I wouldn't even talk about it. People would talk about their college, and yeah. I would be sitting there going, hmm, 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 hmm. "Let's change the subject." Yeah. I felt embarrassed by that that I didn't have that. I had a desire to go, but my dad said, no, we're not going to pay for college. You're a woman, you're going to get married, and you don't need a college degree. I really wanted to go for home economics for four years. Mm. So anyway, God had other plans. God had other plans. I don't regret it anymore. I'm over that. I really am. Because I really see God had a plan, not Beverly's plan, but God's plan was perfect for me. I would have never chosen it myself, which is something we need to remember. Yeah. But he has the wisdom and the foresight. Uh, all of these things that are part of my testimony were part of what God has really used in my life to be sensitive to the needs and the hurts of others. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it Again, I, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, and I can't imagine you not doing what you have done all of the, these years. And I want people to hear that because you know, you didn't go to college. You, no. you didn't. And you and in this world right now, it's like, we have to do this to attain this. We have to do that to get that. And it's like, no, God is bigger than that. And when he shows us what his what we're created for uh, and we are obedient to him, I mean, the joy and the redemption and the love and the all the, the ways, like you just said, that you can show people the light of Christ is really why we are on the planet. Yeah. And you know what I always say is, um, God chose me because A, I had the most to learn, and B, because He gets all the glory. Yes. I don't. I can't take glory for even. Oh, I'm prepared. I've got a seminary degree. I've got this. I've got that. I got nothing. I bring nothing to the table, and yet God yes. is so faithful. And this way, He is glorified. And Amen. I want other people to hear that too. That somehow we think. You know, we have to do all these things. If God calls, He's going to equip hundred mm-hmm. percent, mm-hmm. and He can. And it won't be easy, but it will. He will. He will, and He can use anybody. Exactly. He can exactly. use anybody. Look who He chose for His disciples. Yes. So yes. I've always. That's why we, we can a just lot do of a whole other show on that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for that because that's really important. He can use anyone, and He has used you just in incredible ways. Um, so. When did you actually totally surrender your life to Christ? It was really the year I was getting married. So I was 20, and um, my husband Paul and his family, uh, his father was a Greek Orthodox priest, Mm. and his mom was a Bible teacher. And um, I just walked into that home, and I felt unconditionally loved. And then I was working with a woman who, you know, was one of these great Christians that just she was putting verses all over where I was working and talking about the Lord and about being born again. And one day I stopped mm. her at the drinking fountain. I said, what does that mean, born again? Now, I grew up in a Baptist church for many years. I didn't know what that meant. Wow. And, you know, it's the $64,000 question. Lucky her, right? So she, right. <laughs> she helped lead me to the Lord and um, had a big impact on me, just her godly example and um I went home that day after she explained that to me, and I went down on my knees and just wept, Aww. confessed every sin that I could. I rose mm. up. I felt I felt new. I did feel Amen. like a new person. But it took that 
convicting of sin, and then that repentance and the receiving of Christ uh, was really a, a work of the Holy Spirit because I wasn't seeking it. Right. Yeah. But he found me. He found you. He found me because he wow. called me. Wow. Yes, he All did. All glory to him. All glory to him. Right. And then you put this wonderful woman in your path. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And she was the one who said, you know, read your Bible five minutes every day Ooh, and then yeah. pray. Five minutes. Okay, I can do five minutes. Yes. So I started doing five minutes. Anyway, you Love know, that. so many years later, I, I'm teaching it, memorizing it, loving it, sharing it in any way I can. I, I love God's word. Amen. And I love that you just brought up being born. I was just reading that verse this morning in John 3. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so I'm sure that some of that that she explained to you that being a child of God means being born again um, through him and through his spirit. And we have new life because we were we're dead to sin now. Well, and we were dead before. We were really dead before. And only God by a miracle of his power can give us new life. Yes. And I amen. felt that power and that giving of new life. Mm-hmm. And my life just uh, my whole purpose changed. I was, you know, as a couple we were kind of let's join this country club, let's have this possession. We you know, we we're kind of on the materialism path because that's the world. Mm-hmm. But this, that experience my life totally changed. I wanted all new things um, and I think that's pretty common in a conversion experience. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about your mother-in-law and how you just felt, you know, drawn to her. So what character traits or attributes did she exhibit that you wanted? Unconditional love mm-hmm. that I never had before. Um, she just, there was just something there that she just loved me and I just adored her. Um, it, I felt sad for a period because I felt like this is what I could have had mm-hmm. and I didn't have at home, which was kind of I had some anger about that and sadness but anyway I she just kind of mentored me and she always taught this Bible class and one day she said to me you know I'm gonna be out of town I want you to teach this Bible class how old were you then I was 20 or 21 that's younger yeah what did I, I knew nothing but I studied and I was interested and I loved God's word and she loved me and I would do anything for her and she was my role model mm. I saw her teach and change lives and I just I jumped right in mm. we did, I did it on divorce what <laughs> divorce duh yeah that's always a touchy topic but wow. you know uh, it God just called me to it and she saw it oh yeah she saw that I was called to it oh yeah and so did the woman who led me to the Lord I was kind of complaining to her that I wanted to be in a summer Bible study and nobody would lead it and she said well you lead it mm-hmm. me me no no I'm a follower I'm not a leader <laughs> but I did lead it you are a leader yeah that's amazing so you what when were you uh, married what what age were you I was 20 okay so 20 and then 21, you kind of start teaching Yes, uh, <laughs> the little Bible study. And, I know. And then how did you get into BSF? How did God lead you into that? Um, I was 28. So I've been doing a few little things up till then. And then um, a friend invited me to Bible study fellowship. And I came just as a class member and just ate it up mm-hmm. um, and uh, was asked to be a small group leader. Mm-hmm. And then... Two years later, I was asked to be the substitute teaching leader, and then after that, to teach the class. Wow. So why? I mean, I started 
teaching a class of 500 women when I was 34. Amazing. Me, the unqualified person that I felt was, you know, wasted material mm-hmm. because of my abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you feel yeah. that. You do. But God had other plans. And, you know, our life is never so desperate mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. lost that God can't redeem it. I think that's the theme of my testimony is the redemption yes. that he's given me. Amen. And I'm sure there were days you woke up and you had to teach and you're like, Lord, what? I can't believe you called me. I mean, how oh. do you overcome that? Uh, I always say, I look in the mirror and say, you're, you're serious about this? Yeah. I never feel worthy of, of t- teaching or being his servant because I'm not. But by his grace and by his power, I, call, I answer that call and mm-hmm. consider it a real privilege. Totally. Yeah. And so you're doing that. I mean, 500 women, you're just standing up there teaching the word of God. You yeah. have three little kids yeah. at that point. Right. A husband. Right. And all the other things in life. And so how do you, how did you, and you're still like, maybe haven't dealt with all the things that happened to you as a child, right? But God is like, this is what I've called you to. He's given you three beautiful children. Um, And and like my question too to you, I've thought this many times, why did you keep doing it? I mean, that's hard work for that many years. It is. It takes 40 hours plus. Yeah. Because it's not just teaching once a week. It's recruiting leadership. It's training leadership. It's two meetings a, a, a week. Um, and yet I, I started doing all this, you know, when my kids were really little, like preschool and then all through their entire education and all their sports and all their activities. Mm. Um I kept at it because I couldn't find any place else where I saw such effective ministry. Why would I turn my back on that? I wouldn't. And I just never felt called out until, you know, two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He just kept confirming, keep on, keep on, keeping on. And um, I always made sure that my children and my husband were a priority. We had a weekly date night, Paul and I did. the kids, we, you know, I always had my office door open when I was working. I would mm. try to make good use of school hours mm. to, to be prepared. Um, but sometimes I'd have to work. At, I'd put them down and I'd go in my office and work for four hours, you know, late wow. at night yeah. just to to get what I needed to get done. Totally. And shout out to Paul. What an incredible husband. His support was undying. Yeah. And even when I was feeling called out, he said, I can't tell you that. I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell you that. He wasn't like, woohoo, let's go golfing. Let's. Well, he was, woohoo, let's, <laughs> let's get out of here in the winter. Yeah, <laughs> he hates <sorry>. winter. <laughs> wow, wow, that's amazing. And so you're teaching, you're around 40 years old, and then something happened that yeah. just really rocked your world. Can you tell it us? It did. I, I went into a deep depression. Um, all of a sudden, all that sexual abuse and the pain and suffering and anger of that came back. Um, I thought I'd forgiven my brother. I thought I'd moved on. I had told Paul about it. I mean, I, I didn't talk about it to anybody else, but I mm-hmm. mean, I just, you know, I always want to just get rid of it, put it in the past. I don't want to think about it today. But the Lord put me in this depression, and I realized then that this was the work he wanted to do in my heart, that there was like a cesspool of unforgiveness, bitterness, mm. anger, not only towards my brother, but towards my parents. Um, because I felt unprotected, yeah. and um, so I, I, it was not easy. I would get up, 
on Tuesday morning or on Monday morning and go to BSF, do my teaching, whatnot. But the rest of the week, I was basically in bed. So you didn't take any time off? You no. You just kept teaching? I kept. Wow. God propped me up. Boop. Um, no thanks to what I was going through. But he was teaching me so much then. I realized, too, that flat on my back, God loves me even when I can't perform for him. Yeah. You know, it's he just loves me. Yes. Lock, stock, and barrel. All of it. He loves it all. And um, that really was important for me to learn. It was also important for me to go through the process of forgiveness um, as a Christian, as an adult woman. Mm -hmm. You can't deal with these things as a child. At some point, I think you need to deal with them as an adult, and especially in light of the Lord. And I feel like he gave me all that wonderful biblical training so I could handle it in a biblical, Mm. good Mm. way. So I did go to a counselor a few times who helped me. Um, But the anger... I remember telling my husband, I want to take this, these plates here, mm-hmm. all 12 of them, and smash them all over. I found myself... Like during that time, sh- you don't just tell anybody. I found myself swearing. Okay. Wow. I was so angry. Yeah. Um, so all that had to come out. It, had it was to come poison out. in my soul. Totally. And I really felt that if I didn't, the, God couldn't use me anymore. Yeah. He, was, he gave me grace till I matured in Him, mm-hmm. till I was ready, until He said, it's go time, girl. Wow. This is out. This is no longer acceptable. I didn't even know it was there. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. But it's, again, this is my life story, redemption. It's it's God. It's him taking the initiative all around. And um, it's always been good. Mm -hmm. And I always say he never wastes his suffering. Never. He never does. But like you said, there are times... We, d- we don't even know it's there because we're not ready. And mm-hmm. it is. It's that onion that just keeps getting peeled off. And there's right. going to be more for you. And there's going to be more for me. And it's edification, yeah. I call that, yeah. where you become more Christ-like. And, and that certain, certainly had to come out. So you're kind of, you're in that dark spot. You're still teaching. And you're just laying in your bed all week. How did you feel him? How did you feel him in your life at that point? Or did you ever get mad at God? You know, I never did. I never did. Um, I, I really didn't. I didn't blame him. At that point, I was mature enough to know that God's going to really use this experience of depression mm-hmm. and abuse um, as I teach his word and minister to other women. And he did. He, he really did. I mean, that I could say that. I had so many people. I, I did share about the depression in BSF, not at the time, but after I was better. Um, and so many women, that meant so much. Yeah. Because somehow we think, oh, you're a Christian. You get a pass on all the suffering. Right. And how can you be a good Christian and be depressed? That is such a lie. That is such a lie. It is such a lie. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I remember hearing, I remember you know, listening to your, a little bit of your story at BSF. And I was floored. I was like, what? You know, because you can, you can look at these teachers and these pastors and these people in leadership and it's like, they're perfect. God has cho- chosen them. And it was so refreshing to hear that you had gone through something hard. I didn't want you to have to go through that, but it just made, you know, you a lot more human Absolutely. To me. And I was young, you know, and I was yeah. a new Christian, and I was like, okay, now this is someone I can relate to in some way because she has been through some really hard, deep stuff. And you yeah. really glorified God through it. But just for us to know as young women that um, at that time, 
that you had been through some tough things too and that you understood that so we could come to you yeah you know and you would get our pain yeah. too you know sometimes we think as a christian i have to keep up this kind of perfect front because mm-hmm. i don't want the lord's name to be smeared in it but again that is so not true right it's so not true if if you want to have an impact deeply in people's lives you have to be real amen reality thank you people Pat. want reality yes they do transparency transparency yes. Yeah. Yes, and this is what's really going on. Yeah, kind of is, isn't it? <laughs> I haven't shared about the dinner plates before. <laughs> I love that. We've got some of that in our family too. Oh, we goodness. like to smash dinner plates, but we won't go into that right now. Um, okay, thank you for sharing that. I know, I know, it's difficult sometimes. So, how long did that depression last for you, and how did you get out of it? It wasn't long. Okay. Um, I. I I was really in the depths of it for about three months, oh. and and then it took maybe another three months to kind of fully come out of it. But um, slowly, the Lord started helping me come out. Okay, you know, I had had to break off the relationship with my parents for a while, okay. which was really hard. Um, but I had to, yeah. I had to, in order to almost get their attention that this was not good. Something's wrong. Yeah, something's yeah. really wrong. Yeah. Uh, in our relationship, and that was resolved. Even my brother, who abused me, I mean, we have a relationship, if you can imagine. That's a miracle. It's a miracle, and he's become a Christian. And, um, Praise God. Yeah, so again, the Redeemer, God is so yes. good. So you did go through some counseling? I did. Yeah. Yep. Not, not long time, mm-hmm. not for a long time, but mm-hmm. she really helped me clarify why the depression and because i really didn't have an experience in that area i didn't know anything about mental health or sure but um you know that was that was helpful sure and and people shouldn't be ashamed of going to counseling or even medications i did not take medications but i was Mm -hmm. ready to had i not started Mm -hmm. getting better i was that was going to be my next step because i couldn't stay there i couldn't right right yeah, I, I had a hard time being a mom and a wife, and right. I couldn't even go to the grocery store because I couldn't make a decision on what to get. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. And I don't think God wants us to stay there, but no, there no, are but things. It, he definitely, it was definitely his shovel yes. for getting that out of me. Right. And thank to you, have Lord. that reconciliation yeah, with him you, on it, and mm-hmm. forgiveness—it's the forgiveness piece that is so huge. Because if we keep that inside, it does tear us apart. We may not even know it. And we may not even know it. Yeah. Yeah. So praise God that he brought you through that, even though it was tough. Yeah. Really tough. Um, He is. So God is a God of redemption. He wants to redeem all things in our lives. And do you really think that God knocked you off your feet for a while, like, so you could really um, get to a different place? Like, how did you feel after you got through that? Did you feel different? Felt very different. In what way? Um. You know, there's that hymn, the grass is a brighter green and birds sing more beautiful. (laughs) And that's how I felt. I started bird watching. I started gardening after that. It was like I had this new renewed energy for the beauty in the world. It's like the scales kind of fell off uh, of that ugliness in my soul. Mm. And I just, I had, I had, again, kind of a, a new zest for life. For life. Yeah, yeah, after being so down, and then six months later, I was so up. I kind of wish I was still there at sometimes. <laughs> you know, I was like, the contrast was huge. But I don't think it's a unique experience. Right, right. That's incredible. Um, 
So you continue to teach the Bible through BSF for many years, and you've changed, I don't know, could you ever count the side of heaven, how many lives you have changed through the that? The Lord has changed. The Lord has I changed through you. I am just a big you. mouth up there. <laughs> you are an amazing <laughs> It's amazing how he uses you. But um, just give us, you, you did that for so many years. So give us like one of your favorite moments as a Bible teacher that you can remember that you just felt like, Lord, this is why I do this. Yeah. Well, I've seen plenty of women come to the Bible study nagged there by a friend. So they're sitting there with their arms crossed, not even looking at me like, this is so boring. I am going to stay here for the six weeks, I promise, and then I'm out of here. And then next week, maybe it'll be hands in the lap. And then the next week, you know, I mean, all of a sudden you see the Lord just working. I can tell by faces when I'm teaching live like that kind of what's going on with people. Yeah. Um, so that's one of my favorite things. Another one of my favorite things was a woman came to, to BSF and she stood up the last day at sharing day and she says, you know what? I came to this class. I knew nothing about Christ or Christianity, but I was watching you women. Mm-hmm. She goes, I didn't know how a Christian woman should act, but I've been watching all of you. And you just, I just felt the whole audience go, oh. <gasps> You know, in front of everyone. it just made it so real that we really are walking testimonies for the Lord. Yeah, Amen. Yeah, a walking yeah. And testimony. And some other things would be the children's program where moms could bring their children along with them and yeah. see these young moms with all the strollers in the hallway. I just, mm, my heart would just swell. And then another thing we did was we started a, a prison class mm-hmm. at Shakopee Women's Prison, and you were a part of that mm-hmm. ministry, Reagan. Um, that was so rewarding, and I just I went in there scared. Mm-hmm. And after the first time I taught, I loved these women. And you just realize there's one bad decision between them and me. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. It's very true. And I'm sure they could relate to you by some of the stories that you told, you know, about your life because they had been through really intense things. Intense things. And I I had so much compassion for them. I felt like, you know, you get mixed up with the wrong people. Mm -hmm. Bad things can happen. Be careful. Yeah. You know, bad company ruins good morals, Scripture says. Yeah. Yeah. And just for them to know that, you know, you don't always feel like you believe who God says he is. And that's how he got you out of that depression, you know, that he wanted more for you and wanted to heal you. And he wanted you to forgive because he asked us to forgive. Yeah. Or we won't be forgiven. Um, but we don't always like feel him right next to us. And I think that's important for all of us to hear, but women in prison too, because you feel so alone and all of us can feel alone at times. And it's not always a feeling that, you know, the Holy Spirit is in us, but we know He is if Take we are believers. Take word. Take yes. the Lord at His word, what's true about you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. And not our feelings. No. Um, okay. So a couple years ago, you did a little DNA test and something was revealed to you. What was that? This gets juicier now. I know. Here, we're getting to another juicy part. Pay yeah. attention, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did a DNA test. I'd been wanting to do it for years. And I was given it as a gift. And I discovered that my father wasn't my father. Oh, brother. I had okay. all these first cousins that I was very closely associated with. I never knew. Um, so I started emailing them, going into family history, things like this. And when I was, throughout my growing up years, I thought, there were, first of all, there was a lot of secrets. My dad had been married before. I didn't know that until high school. Hmm. Like eight years he was married before. Never knew that. Um, And um, 
this was fascinating. I I heard little bits, like I have brown eyes, and nobody in my family has brown eyes. They're all blue-eyed. Wow. Yeah. So did you, were you surprised? And I remember an aunt saying to my mom, where did Dolly, that's my nickname, don't tell anybody that either, <laughs> where did Dolly get her brown eyes? Slamming my mom. Interesting. Yeah. And then I heard a comment between my mom and dad one time that um, something about a particular person that did body work in, on cars and stuff. And then I also, um, blood types. I was getting more and more curious. My mom's blood type and my dad's blood type make me impossible. Mm. And my brothers have a different blood type. So isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. So I let it go. I wasn't going to confront them about it. How did you feel when you found out? Um, well, they are both dead. And so they were both dead when I um, found out. And um, I felt relieved. Wow. I didn't shed a tear. I wasn't angry. But um, I contacted, I have two half brothers, and I contacted them. And okay. I've told my brothers that I grew up with about this. And they were not surprised because we were all a little suspicious. I just didn't fit. <laughs> um, and so I got to know my real dad through a, a half-brother. Okay. Um, and, you know, I wasn't mad at my dad. I wasn't mad at my mom. It, my mom had an affair. Okay. They were um, in a very stressful time of their marriage. My dad was alcoholic. And, you know, they stuck it out. They stuck it out. Wow. And he raised me as his child. Um, so I really didn't have any hard feelings. I wish I could have known him. I wish they would have just been a little more forthright, of yeah. course, yeah. Um, because I missed that opportunity. He had died like 15 years earlier, Okay, pretty young. But like he had heart issues. I should know this. Right. Yeah. 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 All the practical things, too. Right. Right. Um, it just makes so much sense. My half-brother looks more like me than my other half-brothers. So you have been in contact. Have you seen your half-brothers? I've only one. Okay. Um, okay. And just talked a few times on the phone. He's really not interested in okay. a relationship. Okay. And I, I'm okay with that. I sure. would have liked a relationship. Sure. Would have liked to get to know him. But it's enough. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad you know the truth. Right? I know the truth. Um, and that gives me peace. I, I wasn't, again, I, I'm not, I wasn't out of, bent out of shape by it. Mm -hmm. Because really you know who wasn't. your true father is. <laughs> For heaven's sakes, yes. Right? If I don't at this point, you know, right. just... Right. It, yeah. I do know my heavenly father, and I I trust him. And again, it, it was it was all for good. Mm -hmm. It was all for good. Mm -hmm. I, she could have... Today, she probably would have had an abortion. Yeah. Thank God you're here. Yeah. So... Thank God you're yeah, here. Yeah. God spared me. And yes, I didn't have to deal to. with that until I was well into my 60s. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Bev, thank you for sharing that with yeah. us. And I think a lot of us, we do relate to our earthly father as maybe, you know, that's how our heavenly father really loves us, you know, because we don't know any better or we may not know Christ already or, you know, a young believer. And it's just, it's, I think it's a natural thing growing up. It's like if your dad's mean to you or not around or whatever, then you might feel like that's how God is. Yeah, you transfer that. You transfer that. Mm -hmm. And it, it just isn't true and i was just thinking about um genesis you know when god and jesus are like let's make man in our image and so like our heavenly father with jesus created us 
for his own purposes. And he's just, ha- there's just, we're just allowed to come into this world and have someone be our parents, you know? Right. <laughs> really, if we look at it that way, like the, this was, we, and he said that we were good and yeah. that he had a purpose for us, just like he did for your life. And so it's just really astounding and amazing to me um, that you could have gone through all of that and then just recently found out that your your earthly father wasn't even him, but you were so solid in knowing who your heavenly eternal father was forever that it didn't phase you that much. I mean, you I, you told me that two years ago and no, I was like, no, okay. And I know. Like, like, like a week or two <laughs> after I just found out, I went on the radio and shared it on Faith Radio. That's crazy. I know. I know. But it, that's how non-pulsed I really was Mm -hmm. with the whole issue. It was Mm -hmm. interesting to me. um, And, you know, it really made me uh, thankful for my father who raised me in that he raised me. Mm -hmm. And he did. did. And I felt more love from him than my mother. Now, for my mother, I would have been a living presence of her sin, of her affair. Yeah. Um, and I think there was tension between them mm-hmm. the rest of their marriage. No. It's, yeah. a, it's a hard thing to get over, I'm sure. Right. But I admire, for, again, them for staying together. Absolutely. And, you know. Absolutely. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so he provided redemption for his people, it says in Psalm 1199. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy mm-hmm. and awesome is his name. Amen. Amen. And that's what he did in your life. Um, I love how because of the redemption you received from Jesus, you broke that generational cycle of pain in your own family. You gotta break the chains. You got to break the chains. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was gonna do it differently. And with God's help, I have. You have. But I couldn't have done it without him. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, there's there's no swearing. There's, I mean, Paul and I both love a peaceful home. There's no arguing and yelling at each other. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh, I just couldn't stand it. Mm -hmm. Because you grew up that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and just protecting yeah. my kids' um, safety, even with sleepover and stuff like that. I yes. just was a little paranoid about that, Absolutely. honestly. But I wanted to protect them there, and um, yeah. So, Bev, what is your life verse? My life verse is Galatians two twenty, mm-hmm. and I still cherish every time I say it. Mm-hmm. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, mm. who loves me and gave himself for me. So that just tells me the gospel. It tells me that he chose me. It tells me that I'm a new creation mm-hmm. in him. I've been crucified. The old me is crucified. And the new me now lives by faith in him. Beautiful. Yeah. It's a Period. great verse. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> verse. Oh, wow. Growing up with so much confusion about your family and your father, your earthly father, how has being an understanding that you're a child of God just helped you um, through everything? And you're still doing ministry now. Absolutely. There's no retirement. You no. refire. Yeah. <laughs> you don't retire. Yes. Amen. Um, you know, I have to say that um, his, his, I, his fatherliness to me um, trumps everything else. Hmm. It trumps all the hurting, all that's behind me. No. Um, His love for me fills me up. Who I am in Him is my identity. So I don't have to struggle with that. I mean, I may have moments, but not really anymore. Not really. And He's helped me through all those hard, hard times. So, no, it's great. To know who loves me like that, 
yeah. to read about who he is in the in the Bible yeah. and what he's done for me. What who else would die for me? Yeah. Christ and Christ alone. Yeah. Do you have peace now? Oh, great peace. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah, and a freedom. Yeah. To be me. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And does the word is the word more alive to you now than it was twenty years ago? It just continues to get more precious. Yeah. Recently I've I I would memorize verses here and there, but recently I've really been challenged by the Lord to um, do chunks. So I'm starting to memorize quite a few psalms, and then I'm going to go to some of the epistles. And mm-hmm. I I want to I want to not just have my Bible with me; I want to have it with me mm-hmm. <laughs> in my heart always. Amen. And so rather than picking these verses out like I've always done. Um, I read a book about a gal who just memorizes, like, she's got Ephesians, Galatians, uh, First Peter, um, you know, the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, she's got all this stuff memorized. I go, oh, I want that. Yeah. So that's my new, that's that's what's new with me, Reagan. <laughs> I'm not good at memorizing. I go to bed at night and I'm like, Lord, just download the Bible into my brain while I'm sleeping because I'm just not good at memorizing. But yeah. Oh, I've I used that. that excuse for years. But now here I am at 67. You're I'm, never done. I'm on it. You're, I'm on it. Finally, Lord, forgive yes, me. I love I'm it. on it. Mm-hmm. No, and and he never stops. He never stops working in our lives. Colossians 1, 12 through 14 says, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. So that is part of your story, just that redemption. Oh, he's used it all. He doesn't waste his suffering. And Bev, what would you say to someone out there right now who's listening, who is just really feeling lonely, that they are, you know, maybe in that dark night of the soul that you were in your 40s, um, or just, you know, being feeling betrayed or abused or neglected, where can they find hope and purpose? Well, you're, you, you really, can't get healed from all of that except by Christ. Yeah. And so it, it starts with a personal relationship. It's you receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior, believing that he died for your sins, so you're wiped clean. Mm-hmm. Love that, don't yes. you? He, I felt clean after that, you know, where I had suffered the shame. So it starts there, and then it can't end there. I mean, a, a, a confession of faith is, you know, the Lord can do that for you, but it doesn't end there. Then he begins to really work in your life. And this is where you need to get into the Word, get into a Christian fellowship, you're not going to grow in our Christian faith without being with other Christians. And this pandemic, I think, has been a real, it's a high cost. People think, mm-hmm. I can just stay home and watch church online in my robe and drink my coffee. But you need other Christians. Yeah, That has done more for my faith than, than most things. Um, but before that even is God's Word. You need a good Bible study. Try to read it on your own. Good luck. It can be very challenging. Mm-hmm. I'm still challenged by it. I mm-hmm. still really study hard. Um, get into a group where you study and you're with other believers. Uh, the value of that is huge. Get involved in a church, become a part of a community, mm-hmm. and that's where you grow. You don't have to say, I'm a toss away. You know, my life is just over and not worth anything because of this or that or that. And, you know, list them out. Mm-hmm. But it's not mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Every person is so precious to Jesus Christ. He died for you. He died for you. Yeah. 
and he has so much he wants to give you and grow you in and heal you from. But you got to come to him. You got to humble yourself, repent of your sin, and take Christ into you. And then he gives you this wonderful Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity who comes and resides in you forever. And I depend on him every day because not only does Christ save us, you know, 2,000 years ago, an event happened on the cross, then he rose from the dead, but he, he then indwells us. So I, I can't go back and have Jesus, but I, can, I have Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus within us. Yes. And his power and his love and his wisdom, all of that is available to me if I will come to him and want it. Praise God yeah. to everybody. He desires no one should perish. No. And everyone has great value. They do. Thank you. So, Bev, after that beautiful teaching, would you <laughs> would you close us in prayer and invite people to receive him? It'd be a privilege. Heavenly Father, those who are listening right now, you know what they've been through. You know how they've been hurt, damaged in their souls, whether lonely or afraid, depressed, Lord. So many people are walking around like that today. I would ask, Lord, that they would see you through this video, that they would see what a difference you can make in their life, and that they would fall to their knees like I did, Lord, Mm -hmm. so many years ago, and just confess every sin that they can think of, weep before him in repentance, and ask him to take over your life, that you haven't done such a marvelous job. But Lord, but Lord, you have a plan for my life and a purpose that's really important. And it's not about how the world sees me, Life is all about how you see me, Lord. So let me embrace how you see me and what you have done for me. And then, Lord, show me the way forward from here. And it's in Christ's name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. Well, Bev, thank you for being here and being so transparent about your incredible story and what yeah, God. Yeah, you got the whole juicy story we now. Did. You got it all, people. Who knows what will happen next year? I'll come back <laughs> if, if I have to do an addendum. <laughs> I hope you come back. Yeah, that thanks. would be wonderful. Thanks, Raiden. Thank you for being transparent and um, just letting us know what it really means to be a child of God. And it's not always easy, but He works through it all for His purposes and His glory. Truly. It's a messy world. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for uh, listening to this podcast. If um, you're listening, like us, share, um, give us a good review. We're on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube. So thanks for being with us. And I just, I pray that each of you would know through this podcast and through God working in your life, how truly you are loved by the King.